you have your Bible today, and I hope you do, if you take it, please, and open to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. It's kind of there at the front of the book, so it may not take you long to get there. But Genesis chapter 1 is where we're going. Children, you can be dismissed. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for those of you who held up roses. Fantastic. Oh, it's so good to see them excited about going to kids' church. All right, Genesis chapter 1. We started a series last week, a series about bread. And actually, the, to be truthful, the series isn't really about bread, but it's about what Jesus does in the book of Luke whenever he has bread in his hands. And we saw last week that when Jesus has bread in his hands in the, in the book of Luke, he always blesses it, and then he breaks it, and then he gives it so that others can be blessed in Jesus' name. This series is called Blessed broken and given, a name which I did not come up with, but which I stole from this book. The book is called Blessed, Broken, Given. Uh, and a lot of what I'm sharing in these sermons in this series originates or you know, finds its germination in this book. And so if something that, that, that I preach about over the course of this series resonates, you may want to pick up this book, Blessed, Broken, Given by um, Glenn Packiam and, uh, and dive a little deeper. So this series, we're focusing on bread and what Jesus, is, what Jesus does with it in the book of Luke. And, and we've said that bread is a good metaphor for our lives because, like so many of our lives, bread is common and ordinary. And it can even be a little, oh, crusty and, and, and broken and cracked. But in Jesus' hands... Bread becomes something extraordinary. It becomes something that can bless others. It becomes a container or a vessel for God's miraculous blessing as Jesus blesses it and breaks it and gives it. And the same is true of our lives. And so what we're doing over the course of this series is we're asking, what does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be broken and what does it mean to be given by Jesus so that others can be blessed with the same blessing that we've received? Now, let me ask you a question. If a race of aliens were to study our culture to learn what we mean when we use the word blessed, and if they were only to look at social media, what do you think they would discern about how we understand blessed? I was curious about that. I know it's like a random question. Does that, do aliens even exist? I don't know. But if you were to study what our culture believes about being blessed only from social media, what would we find? I did a little research this week and uh, let's put some things on the screen. What I did is I searched Instagram for the hashtag blessed. And here's a few things I found. This is from at Allen's Lids. And it says PBR Gobel Cup, that's uh, professional bull riders. I thought it kind of went with the yodeling thing. Um, was another great success this year. Riders left it all on the dirt and great rides were made. Thankful for another great year, hashtag blessed. So apparently blessing has something to do with top of the world experiences where the, the professionals and the best, they're the ones who get to experience what it means to be blessed. Let's go to the next one. 
This is from um, at Robar Build and Design. They write, starting Monday off with a one-two punch. What's everyone working on this week? Stay safe, hashtag blessed. So apparently being blessed is having the best tools, or, or at least as they define the best tools with a couple of cordless drills there. Let's go on to the next one. This is from at Tina Salt 33. She writes, good morning world, hashtag blessed. It's a papaya. I don't know if you can make it out. It's a papaya with like yogurt and seeds and some strawberries chopped up in it. So apparently to be blessed means to have um, the best food or the best looking food anyway on Instagram. Let's look at the next one. This is from at Marshawn285. He says, Batman is the best superhero of all time. No debate, which I wasn't going to debate him anyway. I just can't figure out where the hashtag blessed comes in. So um, apparently Batman is blessed. <laughs> Sorry, you're out of luck. Unless, unless there's something we don't know about you. All right, next. <laughs> this is from Alex Mom Fitzpo. Um, she says, self-love is so important. It's the foundation of you and your happiness. It's the way you talk, think, behave, take care of yourself. Our personal world inside creates and molds how the other, the outer world and how to treat it. Blah, blah, blah. I, sorry. Um, so apparently, blessed, hashtag blessed, she, she says a whole lot more, um, has something to do with not really paying attention to the Bible and what it really teaches about what it means to live. Because the scripture I read says, each of you should look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. That you should look out for others ahead of yourself. So social media doesn't always convey the right message of blessed, but we'll redeem it with this last post. This is from um, Grace Through Faith Shop. Uh, it's a simply blessed Christian t-shirt. Hashtag blessed. Last time I checked, shirts couldn't invite Jesus into their heart, but... Um, apparently, if your shirt says blessed, you are blessed. Okay, what did all that prove? Um, maybe nothing. Except that our pop culture, our social media culture, and often us, if we're not critical in the way we think about things, believe that to be blessed, you have to have top of the world experience. That's reserved for the, the best and the greatest with the best things, the best food, the, the best looks, the best experiences. So what does that mean for me? Because my life's not a whole lot of extraordinary. There's not a whole lot about my life that anyone would define as best. If I'm to be honest, most days my life looks cracked and broken and a little deformed. So can I be blessed? Does God have something for me that would give me a sense that I'm hashtag blessed. Well, what I'd like to do today is to spend a few minutes recovering this understanding of what it means to be blessed. And for us, as Christians, we are people of God's word. And so if we want to understand what something means from God's perspective, we've got to look at the Bible. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the beginning and see if we can recover what it means to be blessed. We're going, like I said, to Genesis chapter 1. Hopefully you've found it by now. 
And I'd like for you to follow along as I read. I'm not going to read all of Genesis 1. I'm going to read select verses, so hang with me. And if you've got a writing utensil, have that ready, because I'm going to ask you to mark some things as we read. Genesis chapter 1, I am going to start at verse 1. Moses writes, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. I want you to underline this next phrase. God saw that the light was good. Underline that phrase, God saw that the light was good, or just circle the word good. Now jump down with me to verse 9. This is about day 3. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered water, waters he called seas. Got your pen ready? Here's that phrase again. And God saw that it was good. Underline that, please. Verse 11, then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And here it is again, and God saw that it was good. Underline that phrase or circle that word good. Bounce down to verse 16. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God sent them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And by now, you can probably say it with me. And God saw that it was good. Underline that or circle that word. Verse 21. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Underlined the first three words of verse 22. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. Verse 25. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created us. Verse 28, underline this, God blessed them. And then jump down to verse 31. God saw all that he had made. And it was very good. So we had this phrase repeated throughout Genesis 1, the, the origin story, if you will, for everything on earth, for earth itself. This repeated, or two repeated phrases really, and God saw that it was good, and God blessed them. God saw that it was good, and God blessed them. 
You see, for us, what it means to be blessed finds its origin back here in Genesis 1 when God created the world, when God created originally. So what we want to do is take a little time this morning and we want to look at Genesis for some blessed truths, some, some hashtag blessed truths. Let's start with number one. Before there is blessing, there is God. Before there is blessing, there is God. Did you notice what Moses wrote in verse 2? He says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. These, these words translated into English, formless and empty or formless and void, or, or perhaps your, your you know, version uses different words. These come from, from two Hebrew words, tohu, vavohu. It's just fun to say, so say it with me. Tohu, vavohu. Now you can do better than that, right? Tohu, vavohu. Not to be confused with tofu, which is something totally different. Tohu, vavohu. The, uh, uh, the words here have a range of meaning, but, um, but often when used other places in Hebrew or when used other places in the Old Testament mean things like chaotic, desolate, empty, confusion. So Moses tells us in verse 2 that before God started to pronounce things good, Everything was tohu, vavohu, was empty, was desolate, was chaotic and confusing. And if I don't miss my guess, there's those sitting among us today who would say, truth be told, Pastor Earl, my life is less hashtag blessed right now and more chaotic, more empty. It's a, it's a confusing mess. Pastor Earl, if you knew what I dealt with in the last few weeks, you would get it. My life is not blessed. It's tohu vavohu. It's messed up. I, 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 I did something to another person that was hurtful and unimaginable, and I can't go back, and I am just confused. Life is a mess. Someone hurt me and wounded me. And I don't know what to do. We thought we could count on those friends. We thought they were mature believers who knew what, what, what self-denial meant, who knew what it to, meant to live according to the gospel, but it turns out they're only concerned about self-protection and, and self-care. Or maybe you would say, you know what, Pastor Earl? Um... The consequences of my own sinful choices have caught up with me and, and life is chaotic. It's desolate. It's empty. There's, there's just confusion. We all face times in life when life is less blessed and more tohu vavohu. But notice what Moses writes. The earth was formless and void there was a darkness over the waters, over the face of the deep. And what's the rest of the verse? And the Spirit of God was hovering. The Spirit of God was hovering. 
It's a word picture of a, of a mother bird brooding over her nest, waiting for new life to spring forward. And Moses writes that in the midst of the confusion and the, the chaos and the, uh, the desolation, God was present preparing what was there for new life. So listen to me today. Your, your perspective may be tohu vavohu. It may be chaos and desolation and empty confusion. But don't be confused. Just because you don't feel blessed or just because your life isn't looking blessed right now doesn't mean that God's not in the midst of that. The Spirit of God is hovering over your chaos, over your confusion, in the midst of your desolation, preparing for what comes next. And what comes next? God starts to create, to call things out, and to call it good. Now catch this. When God creates, he creates on purpose and with purpose. When God creates... He creates on purpose and with purpose. When God calls things out of your chaos and desolation and empty confusion, he has a plan. It's not accidental. It didn't just come to be. God is calling something. He's creating something on purpose with which, you know, with purpose. And we can kind of see this, even as we read just portions of Genesis 1 today, there's a, we can see that there's a beauty in the poetic cadence. There's a, there's a beauty in what Moses describes as God's creative work. And, and, and not just random, it's intentional, right? So like the, the creation account starts with God creating light. And then he measures off that light so that it can do what it's going to need to do when we get down to day three. And then God moves on to his next creative light. While the light is learning how to shine, God separates the waters. And some waters go up and some waters go down. And that's going to matter because there's more to the creation story. than the waters that go, to, go down, they, they separate. And, and God creates land. God calls forth land. And we get the sense that there's a purpose because then we see the light, which God had earlier created, start to shine on the land. And as the light shines on the land, then things start to grow. Vegetation starts to appear. And and there's plants and there's fruit and there's seed-bearing, you know, um, stuff. Lost my rhythm there. There's a food source for what comes next. Because what comes next is animals, land animals, and, and sky animals, and, and sea animals. And they're going to need something to eat. They're, they're going to need something to live on because they're, they're not yet living on each other. And so uh, with the seed-bearing fruits and, and plants, the animals can live. And, and as we read through it, when it seems like, man, this has been purposeful and, and, and intentional... Could God do any better? Sure enough, he can. And he creates mankind. The only thing in all of creation that it says that that God created in his image and in his likeness. 
He made everything before this one thing. And, and when he gets to this one thing, when he's created mankind, he says, all of this is for you. Take care of it. Rule over it. Help it to 